Welcome back to the Nullify Take channel where we've got the TNT takes for you on Survivor. That's right, we're back for the first time in about three weeks. I'm joined by Mucky here as well, who was also on the very last podcast we did for 2022. Mucky, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, brother. Doing fantastic. How are you, Chris? I'm great. I saw you drop in at the back just as I uh, started the live, so perfect timing. <laughs> Literally the last 20 seconds, I was like, crap, 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 better join me in the show. <laughs> it was a bad rush, but we eventually got there. Yeah, listen, I'm excited to have you because for those that are in the live, for those that are listening to this at a later stage, Mucky has got no idea who is winning what category. So he's going to be as shocked as everybody else when we do this. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to talk about all of Survivor 2022. We're going to talk about the best of the best, who won each one of these categories. And, uh, Maki, I'm sure you've got some strong opinions. I've got some strong opinions. And I'm sure the live audience will have some strong opinions. Yeah, definitely. Let the clash of the titans begin, you know? Let, yeah, let Get the clash of the titans going. begin. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a few people here in the live already. Chris is saying Queen Marion is an award winner. Very confident about the fact that Marion will be walking away with at least one award uh, here today. Christian Gal, welcome back to the live stream, saying the intro music is dope. Uh, it always hypes me up as well, Christian. Uh, Hangout Room, welcome to the live stream. Uh, let me know, Hangout Room, if at any point you want to jump in on this live. I know it's like in the middle of the night for you, so no stress if you don't want to do it but if you at any point want to jump in and uh, say a few things i didn't reach out to everyone because i wasn't sure if anybody in south africa would be awake at this time to actually jump on and talk about it as well we've got georgette in here jimmy is back and also the fiery tiger hey chris hey mucky fantastic job on the year survivor coverage survivor is a return of the outcast was my favorite dino was awesome um fairy tiger welcome back to the live stream uh, Mucky, we've got a lot of things to talk about uh, for this one specifically. We've got a few categories. So to refresh everybody on what those categories were, um, and we'll continue to expand on this as we do next year's award show for Survivor. It's something I'm very excited to continue to build on. Uh, we're going to talk about what season was the best for 2022. So obviously we had 42, 43, Blood versus Water in Australia, and then also Survivor South Africa Return of the Outcasts are up for nominations. We're going to talk about the best winner of the year, there were obviously four winners. That would be Mariano Ketch, Dino Polo, Mark Wells, and Mike Gabler. We're going to talk about the favorite player of the year, the biggest move of the year, the best player who didn't win, the most improved player, which was only based on South African players because I wanted to make it a full all-star season to, to look at that. And then we've got two special categories for Hall of Fame. We've got an international Hall of Fame and then also a Hall of Fame for Survivor. And we're going to continue to build on that Hall of Fame as we continue to um, build on this award show here on the Nullify Take each year. Hangout room saying it's 3 a.m. next time, brother. I understand 100%. I know, Zoe, uh, it probably takes about an hour or so just to get ready to jump on one of these live streams. So I just thought I'd throw it out there. It's my bad I didn't ask you earlier, but I didn't think you were going to be awake, to be honest. Um, Mucky, so what do you think of those categories? Who do you think is going to walk away with? Uh, uh, let's start on the first one, I guess. Let's let's start on the first one. Let's get into it because I think uh, right. a, a lot of people are probably quite excited about this one. It's going to be the best season of 2022. And let's start off with Mucky. Which one of the seasons, you know, 42, 43, Blood versus Water or SA Return of the Outcast was your favorite for the year? Um, and do you think that you're on the money with where people are going to vote? Or do you think you've got a different opinion? Um, so, so I guess to answer the first part of the question, my personal favorite was Return of the Outcasts. You know, um, I know a lot of people weren't so happy about the four episodes structure per week, but as someone who mm. naturally loves Australian Survivor, 
I love having separate separate episodes a week, even if it's like non-eliminations, like no tribal councils even. It's still like really, really cool. So I, I love Return of the Outcast. And I know as much from one international survivor fan to another, I know that blood versus water had everyone just frothing for it. You know, everyone wanted more blood versus water. So I'm pretty certain blood versus water is gonna win the, the best the best season. Interesting. Okay. I, I like your take. So for me, obviously I know the answers to who's actually going to win this. For me personally, I agree with you about Return of the Outcasts. It was my favorite season of the year as well. Um, I think obviously I'm a little bit biased because I'm from South Africa originally. It was great to see the South African franchise get its first returnee season. Um, it's something that a lot of us were waiting for. And then I went into that season with such a low expectation because um, it was a lot of people on that season that I didn't I didn't feel like they were like deserving almost, you know, of being on an yeah. all-star season because they had a pre-merger versus a post-merger season. But as the season got on and we saw people who were voted out first or second or third play at a different level this time because they were so afraid of being the first boot again, it actually yeah. became a really good season. And I also think that, you know, we had some surprising superstars that emerged in this season maybe there's some of them that will win awards later on uh you know that we didn't expect them to come in and play as good yeah. of a game as they did and we maybe because my expectation was low on it to begin with when i heard the theme it it really shot it out of the park for me but i think because we're international survivor fans or super fans whatever you want to call it we look at the blood versus water season we look at the sa return of the outcast season uh, a lot different to maybe a lot of the people who voted in this poll because uh still at the end of the day the u.s is a juggernaut and we sometimes forget that most of the people who really watch the show consistently are from the u.s and they're probably going to want to vote for some of the u.s favorite seasons above yeah. some of the international seasons so without further ado let's look at the first winning category here for uh this one here which season won best season of the year for 2022 and here it is Survivor Season 42 hey. won season of 2022. Congratulations to everybody that was a part of this season. Um, for me personally, I thought, you know, when I look back at it, I was a bit shocked. I thought 43 might get a little bit more votes than 42, but 42 did end up taking this out quite convincingly. And I think because of the players, really, that were in that season, if you look back at some of that cast, we had, you know, a lot of likable people. Marianne, obviously a likable person, a likable winner. You had Mike, who was a really big presence. You had Jonathan. You had Drea with all her advantages. You had Omar, who was very likable. You know, Lindsay, who was the great challenge beast that went up against Jonathan. Uh, there were so many good storylines. Like, I mean, even pre-merge or post-merge, you know, or pre-merge before they went into the merge, we had Daniel, you know, who was a great yeah. character. We had Swati, who I thought was an interesting character. So I wasn't too surprised when I started thinking about it again. How do you feel about Survivor 42 winning? I mean, I, I also kind of have a feeling that Survivor 42 would definitely be up there for, like, um, to be the best season. And I think mostly a lot of us because of the winner. I think potentially if yep. Mike had won, no, no disrespect to Mike, I love Mike. I think if Mike won, people probably looked a less, but like a bit more down on the season. But I think the fact that Marianne won, such a great, loving, amazing, funny character, people think more highly of, of the season. And that probably has one of the best tribal councils of all time with the the Jenny vote out. The whole episode was great because that was the one where Jonathan did the whole challenge by himself, basically, like the water one. So it's got one of the best episodes ever in the season as well. So, yeah, it's definitely a deserving win. 
Yeah, well, you look at the stats here, Survivor 42, um, and thank you for everybody that voted in this. We had 142 responses to this, um, and it, with that, it doesn't become the Mucky show or the Chris show in regards to what we want, because if it was up to us, we were in the 24% that voted for Survivor South Africa Return of the Outcasts, um, but we were outvoted by the majority. 41% of people voted for 42. Second was 43, so there were definitely um, some people who voted for 43 as well and enjoyed that um, as the second most favorite season of the year. And then Blood vs. Water, the one you thought we're going to win this uh, category outright only got 6% at the end of the day, Maki. So um, I think personally that uh, a lot of the people who voted in this, they probably didn't appreciate how um, straightforward the season was in regards to who was going to win. It was predictable at times. The edit was very um, lopsided on that season. So I think um, it's not that the quality and the production of the show isn't there. I think it's just um, Australia Survivor in recent seasons, they've, they've been getting a few things wrong. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I actually think that the pre-merge of Blood versus Water was probably the best pre-merge out of all the all, all the seasons. I reckon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with you on that at all. Um, we get Chris here in the comments saying, "Yes, Survivor Forty Two, Marianne stays winning." So Chris really letting us know that Marianne is the person that she's shouting for in this next category, um, and the next category is going to be about the best winner of the year. Uh, very interested to know who do you rate as the best winner of this year, uh, Maki, and why? And do you think your best winner of the year will be the same as the fans? Yeah, so in my opinion, the best winner was definitely Marianne. I felt like something that the Marianne had done so well, which I only realized actually today when I was on my way home to jump on this podcast, was the fact that she played on the bottom. She wasn't at the top of the alliance. She wasn't really in the middle of the alliance, but she played at like the bottom half of the alliance. So she was able to form strong relationships with a Romeo, with a Tory and stuff, which is people she could have used to make a move. Like with the Omar blind side, it was her Romeo and an extra vote that they voted for Omar. So um, so definitely, um, I think Marianne in general played like the bottom extremely well without actually getting targeted, if that makes sense. Like she was on the bottom but she wasn't really on the bottom because she was never someone who people legitimately wanted to vote out. So I felt Marianne was probably the best winner, and I think the audience is going to vote for Marianne as the best winner too. Okay, yeah. I like I like your confidence there in your choice and also where the audience is going to vote, um, especially after getting the first one wrong. But uh, let's have a look and see what happens on this one. <laughs> um, so for me personally, when I looked at this uh, year and the winners that were there, I really thought Mark Wales played the best winning game of all of the winners this season or this specific year, you know, uh, for Blood versus Water. I think that a lot of people won't give it to Mark potentially because one of the things, when you look at some of the best winners that we've ever had in Survivor, like a Rob Bentelli, you look at a, a Kim Spradlin-Wolf, you look at a Bo Boston Rob, they make these seasons boring because they're so in yeah. control of their season and they're never in danger. They dictate all the votes. And I think Mark Wales played that type of game. He was never in danger. Yeah. No one ever really wanted to vote him out. I mean, there were people leaking information about him and the fact that he had two idols on him potentially and still his alliance members didn't believe him or didn't believe yeah. that he had it. So the, the amount of control that he had on that game for me was insane. But you have to go back and sort of ask yourself, like, how do you rate a winning game? Like when I said vote for the best winner, best winner could be anything to different people. You know, yeah, it could be yeah, exactly. who played the most strategic game which I kind of 
gravitated towards who was the person who was the most in control of their season. I thought Mark Wales was the most control of, uh, of all the winners this year of his season and was never in doubt. It was that obvious that I called him winning, I think, in the second or third week of Australian Survivor, and he never lost that grip that he had on the competition. So that's where I would have voted personally. But obviously we know that Australian Survivor, Blood versus Water, didn't do well in the votes for best season. So, you know, if you look at that, you probably are right in the, in the sense that he probably wouldn't win that season. How did you come to Marianne? You know, you mentioned that Marianne was at the bottom. She played from the bottom. Uh, what do you rate when you look at best winner? What sort of, what categories do you put out there for yourself to say, this is the winner. This is the one I want to win this season or the best of the year. Well, um, it's definitely very hard because I was actually having a very deep chat with one of my close mates this morning about how I'm, how do you win Survivor? Because it often always depends on the cast. Like, you know, there's some so, cast yeah. like a Redemption Island cast where no one wants to make any moves. They just want to stay on just one side of the line so you can easily just dominate your, your way through. Or maybe you get a cast like, like Kaga Yarn where everyone's flipping on each other. You get what I mean? So it's definitely very hard to, to, to determine, like, what is the best way to win a Survivor season. But I feel like with Marianne, I feel like if you were to get all the winners from this year, you know, Dino, Marianne, um, Mike Gabler, and Mark, Marianne wins more times than the other three. And I think that's because Mark, he's, you know, two out front, you know, um, he's definitely a challenge beast and alpha, so, which normally those type of people would get right out early, early merge. Um, Mike Gabler. But, but there's one thing. There's one thing I want to say about Mark when you say that. I agree with you. Most of the time, yeah. alphas are targeted very early on. But yeah. also for a reason, because they assume the leadership position from the start. They play from the front. But one of the things that Mark did extremely well was he did take lead at the challenges and he helped his team win immunities quite a lot in the challenges. But at camp, he let Josh become the leader. He had a meat shield yeah. strategy and he had Josh be that person that would take the hits when it came to strategizing or being more vocal at camp, you know. And I think yeah. Mark. I don't necessarily agree he comes back and does worse than Marianne in every scenario. And the reason for that for yeah. me personally, I've always said that with Marianne, she needed the right opportunity to strike to win that season, which she got. Yeah. And she hung in there for long enough to get it. But there were plenty of opportunities in a different season where Marianne becomes a pre-merge boot because her tribe loses too many immunities. Um, you know, if they lost one more immunity in Taku, I think she was out. And she was never really the number one choice for any of her Alliance members. But I don't want to yeah. take away from the fact that she is still a great winner. And I think that her win was bigger than what you and I probably can appreciate. Because yeah. overall, it was an overwhelming vote for Marianne to win best winner of the season for 2022. Uh, hey. Over 50% of people voted yeah. for Marianne to win. So Chris, 100%, uh, you got Marianne as a winner. You got it right. And I think that Chris has got her finger on the pulse for where the American public currently is in regards to having a representative winner, someone that is black, that has won the show, the first winner in 20 years since Vesepia. A lot of people felt like it was overdue, you know? So I think that made her very likable. I think that best probably for a lot of people also meant who was their favorite winner of the year. And I can completely understand why she would be a lot of people's favorite winner for the year because she came into that game as a lovable underdog. She was a little bit socially out there, you know, very vocal about her thoughts and opinions at tribal council. She had the great quote about, you know, being gutted when Zach was voted out because it was her type of white boy, you know, and she couldn't uh, meet him at the merge. You know, she was, she was a great character. And I've always said as a survivor player, 
I would want to have a Marianne on every season because she is just a bubbly personality. So I understand the likability and the cult-like following that someone like Marianne has. And like I said, best winner to me, maybe she wasn't my best winner for 2022, but I fully appreciate, like she deserved to win her season. She made the biggest move of the year, you know, by taking out, in my mind, the biggest player of her season to win that show. And she showed great awareness and she's a super fan. What's there not to like, Mucky? Let's be honest. Like yeah. there isn't much not to like about Marianne as a player and as a winner. Yeah, I, I, I love Marianne. Absolutely. Every time she had a confessional, I was either laughing or smiling. Like she's definitely one of the, the best characters in US Survivor, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, again, like Chris said here, I'd no doubt that Marianne would be voted the best winner. Love her game and what her win stands for. And again, um, like I said, it was it was overdue. It came at a point where we had a male dominant era in the in the thirty yeah. to forties seasons, where now a lot of people don't want any men to win. Uh, and yeah. and Gabler's win was such a controversial thing. But I mean, again, for me, when it looks when you come to Gabler, you know, he's not a controversial winner. He's the best player to win his season, and yeah. the best player always wins. That let's just put that to rest. You know, Marianne won her yeah. season. In my mind, Gabler was the best winner in his season. He won it. But again, you know. Very, very outvoted on this one here. Let's bring up the results. Let's just make sure that I don't spoil anything else there um, that we don't want people to see. Uh, stop screen and share. Sorry, guys. I should have been a bit more prepared with this next one. Here we go. So this is the votes and how it stands. So 50.7% of people voted for Marianne. Oh, Mike wow. Gabler received the second most at 20.7% oh. of votes then dino and then mark so mark was the well actually mark was third and then dino and and the top four and once again for any of the winners that are watching this potentially because i actually know that mark is a fan of the podcast i know that dino does listen to some of the podcasts as well they'll know they just went up against the juggernaut show of the us and most people that voted probably watched um the u.s not all of yeah. them probably watched the international versions so um like i said all four winners this year i don't have an issue with any of the four winners i thought all four winners this season did a great job in winning their season yeah absolutely like every winner deserves to win one way or another and definitely all of them played really well for their type of season as well all I, right I think, so yeah you, you uh, go ahead oh i think if you were to put all of the winners into each other's seasons all of them would have a really hard time winning that season like i think mark like Mark's way of winning was with the all male alliance and blood versus water, but maybe he would have struggled in Return of the Outcast or season forty-two, you know. But yeah, and I think it's, it's really Marianne. hard. It sometimes is really hard to know how someone would do if you haven't seen them play twice as well, because you don't yeah. know if they would adapt their game or they wouldn't adapt their game. Like we've seen winners come back and play a terrible game, you know. So you, yeah. you just don't yeah. know. But I, I do agree with you. Marianne comes back. In a lot of cases, because of what she stands for and what she represents, people will want to play with her. And I think yeah. in the US franchise, she might make it further than what people may expect her to make it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that all of Marianne, but the the killer, the, the person who I think will come back and absolutely mop the floor with a lot of players is Erica. Like, I honestly think she's a yeah. way better player than what people appreciate. I know she wasn't up for this nomination. And because the edit yeah. didn't show a lot of her game, I think people would think that she was a nothing winner that didn't really play the game and that would help her go uh, further. Yeah, absolutely. 
Survivor Now podcast. Welcome to the live stream. Everybody um, that have not checked out Survivor Now podcast, do so. They're great as well. Top player this season uh, was Mark. I agree to Survivor Now podcast. I don't know if you heard the, the beginning part of it. That was my uh, personal choice as well. Uh, sadly, did get voted out in this one here. And uh, good day to you as well, sir. All right. So the next category is going to be favorite player of the year. The people who were up for this, just to refresh your mind here, Mucky, was Omar, Phil Dixon, Marianne DeFoss, Jordi Hansen, Jesse Lopez, and Cassidy Clark. Now, the reason I put Cassidy in there was because of the outrage. And I was like, well, i got to put her in there because she's got a lot of love. <laughs> Let's see how many people will stand and fall on this sword of Cassidy and vote for her as the best player or the favorite player that they had this season. Um and who do you think, out of that category, who do you think is the, the person who's most likely your favorite player out of that group and most likely to win? My favorite player was definitely Phil. Yeah, Phil from Survivor South Africa. And wait, is Marianne in? Marianne's in, in there as well. So Phil yeah. and Marianne, just two Survivor South Africa players. Oh, this is Marianne from Survivor South Africa. Oh, yeah, Marianne from Survivors of Africa. I didn't put, I think Marianne, if we put her in there, she probably would have yeah. won, but I didn't put any winners into the favorite player. Oh, okay. Because oh, okay. they, already, they already won the best winner. So I don't want yeah, them yeah. to just clean the, clean the floor, but she probably could have won this. Because um, I recall I personally voted for Marianne. Um, and but I think it's going to come down to between Phil and Jesse. Phil and Jesse. Okay. For the winner, yeah. Survivor Now podcast here says, we love Marion. Sorry, Dino. Has to be her. Felt like the season with the most lovable characters would be 42 and Return of the Outcasts. And it's kind of um, where, I guess, half of where you're leaning as well on this one. We only had yeah. one person for 42 on, which was Omar, who was very popular. Um, yeah. I can say that Omar did not win this. He got second place at 21%, but second. it was an overwhelming, overwhelming favorite. They got 46% of it at the end for the fans' favorite player of the season of this year. Let's have a look at who that was. So, so funny if it's Cassidy. Congratulations ah, to Jesse. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not Cassidy. Jesse won fans' favorite player of 2022. Um, I think that for me personally, I lean towards Omar. I really enjoyed Omar yeah. because Omar had um, not that I don't like Jesse. By the way, Jesse followed me on um Twitter. You know, claim to fame oh, so nice. thank you jesse yeah. for following us uh, i really enjoyed jesse this season it's nothing against it but i felt like you know jesse played the game so hard and he was so passionate about it because the game was more than just a game for him it was about life it was about getting himself and his family in a better position which is why he made some of the tough decisions that he had to make in his season where i felt like with omar there were points where I felt in on the joke about him like playing all these people against each other. And he was like a yeah. lovable villain in some ways. Like he had a certain yeah. suave about him and the way that he, you know, his aura and, and how he yeah. approached the cameras and how he spoke to us about how, what he was thinking. And, you know, Omar, I'll never forget, man. Like um, uh, we might talk about some more of this when we talk about best player not to win. So I don't know if I want to go into that, but yeah, I really enjoyed Omar. I thought he was a fun character. This was a tough one, though, because I do agree with you. Phil was a lot of fun to watch this season. Um, Marianne, I kind of put in the same category as Jesse, where at times it was tough to watch her because she was playing, like, I enjoyed her, 
but she took the game so serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so it was, yeah, exactly. it was like I like I like someone having a little bit of fun with the show, like a, a Rick Devins, which I thought Omar did as well this season. Yeah. But overwhelming favorite here, Jesse. I think people really enjoyed how he dominated the season. But maybe a little bit of recency bias, I would say, maybe with this as well, because the season did, did just finish as well yeah but yeah, let's have a look at the final results and where everybody's sitting i just want to make sure i'm not spoiling the next results um so overall 46 percent of people voted for jesse second place was amara 21 percent cassidy had third most so she did get oh, quite a bit of support as well yeah and then marianne was fourth the highest of the international players followed by phil dixon and then geordie surprisingly not a lot of people like the joker monkey well, I think it's um, I think it's a recent thing with Australian Survivor as well, where um, uh, it's quite funny. I was I was listening to a review for Brains versus Brawn actually the other day, and I didn't even realize this. But in the episode that Mitch gets voted out, only five people get a confession of that episode. Yeah, only yeah. five people, which only two of them were Brawn, three of them were Brain, and um, and it's like wow, there's actually nuts, you know. So I think um. A lot of people are kind of sick of the George slash Geordie show of getting 100 confessionals per episode, which is going to make Heroes versus Villains much more entertaining because it's going to be 200 confessionals, um, 100 divided by each. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm quite shocked that a lot of international players aren't getting more recognition, but I wonder if it's for most of our audience being more American than international, maybe. Yeah. I think, I think it definitely has... Um... A little bit of a role to play i didn't want to split it up into like an international category and into a um survivor us category for this year maybe yeah. i do that next year because then it'll only be like two seasons for each one of them yeah. but it may be a little bit more fair for more international people to uh get a little bit of recognition as well but yeah. uh, we live and learn by this as well yeah. and what i did appreciate was when i looked at the responses um for most improved player of the year you know, overall, we had 142 responses to the survey. Only 102 people responded to the hundred uh, to the to the most improved, which means that at least 102 out of the 144 felt confident enough to answer that question that they watched the international season. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's not too bad of a ratio if you think about that uh, as well. And maybe some people, you know, like it is the the original show is Survivor US, the CBS yes. version yeah. of it. So it will always have most of the love, I think, even with some of the changes they've made to the format and that. People are still staying. And I, I'm one of those people. I feel like the format has changed a lot, but I'm a lot more comfortable with it now, having seen three iterations of it than what I was yeah. watching 41. So I'm kind of I've softened on some of the things that changed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. I, For me, it's the opposite. I started on Australian Survivor. That's how I first got into Survivor. It was Australian Survivor, Survivor New Zealand, and then it was American Survivor. So... Yeah, I'm still a bit iffy on American Survivor here there, but definitely my love always does go towards Australian. So I do have some some massive bias towards there. And that that's fair. All right. So the next one that we're going to be looking into was the biggest move or biggest blindside of the year. There were a few categories up here. Uh we had the same blindside on Jesse after stealing his hidden immunity idol. So yeah. big one there for Australian Survivor. The No Beers Lions blindsiding Meryl at Tribal Council and letting Meryl play her Tribal Council pass on oh, that's right, that's right. Marianne yeah. of the Marion of that season. Then Marianne blindsiding Omar in the final six. 
to ultimately go on and win that sh- that season. Yeah. And then Drea sent packing with all of her advantages, which was a record amount of advantages yeah. that she went home with. And then lastly, but not least, Jesse blindsiding Cody with his own idol. Which one of the different ones that are up here for potential, you know, recognition do you think is going to win this award? I think Jesse and Cody's idol is going to win. I personally think that the Meryl blindside is probably like the best as well as Sam taking Jesse's idol. Because, you know, it's one thing to blindside someone with an idol in their pocket, but it's another thing to actually steal their idol and keep it for, I'm not sure how many more votes, but at least like eight to nine more votes even after that before even potentially playing it, you know? So, um, so I'd say probably Cody's blindside is going to be the one that wins. Yeah. Right. Survivor Now podcast, the Greece of you says, easy choice has to be Jesse straight called blooded. Um, yes. Same to Sam. Oh, Sam's one was very cold blooded as well. If yes. you if you think Fresh about the fact that yeah. they were they were fr- like from the start, they were together. Yeah. And um she turned on him because of and I think any other season, Jesse's read would have been right on Sam that she would stay loyal to him, but it was because literally her husband support. was pulling her the other yeah. way. Like, I mean, she shares a bank account with Mark. She was never gonna do what Jesse wanted her to do in that situation. So I think yeah. any other season he would have been all right, but he got um, screwed a little bit by the twist of blood versus water that season. For me personally, I thought Marianne's Omar vote was probably the biggest move, best blindside of the year because it ultimately resulted in Marianne winning that season. I don't think she wins that season without that move in my mind, or she would have had a very difficult time convincing people that she played the game. You know, if she didn't make that move at that time. And I think Omar played very well with Marianne throughout the season and always had Marianne in his pocket as a potential option until she realized and became aware that she needed to take him out. Where a lot of players in the past, they've gone to the end, they've gotten there, but they've never taken the shot that they needed to take to win the season. They never had the guts to do it. And she did. But ultimately, what both of us think doesn't matter. What did the audience decide? Well, I can tell you, the biggest blind side was on yeah, Cody. So yeah. Jesse's move to take out Cody. We had a bromance here that started forming, you know, throughout the season. I thought yeah. it could be the whole JT versus um, Stephen Fishback situation at the end. But yeah. Jesse, who was the Stephen Fishback in the situation, didn't let it go there. He took out JT yeah. before they got to the end. And ultimately, I think this would have been a winning move for Jesse if he did win the fire-making challenge, obviously he didn't get that. Um, but, you know, I was going back and forth in my head. Like, the edit made us believe that Jesse would have beaten Cody at the end. But when you hear the exit press, when you hear how people spoke about Cody, it sounds like it was the only move to make because Cody was so loved. Yeah, exactly. And it's really hard because the final five is the next vote, which that's the last time you play an idol. And apparently Cody was really good at fire-making. So even though... I think when Jesse made this move, he heavily exposed himself at the same same time. When else is he yeah. going to make this move? Yeah. Yeah, so. I think it was a massive move. I mean, it shows us where Survivor has evolved to now. Like, you yeah. cannot play Survivor anymore and have a ride or die to go to the end anymore because people will cut you no matter what, you know? And it's not the yeah. first time it's happened. It's not going to be the last time it's happened. Cody had a great move in trying to flush Carla's idol. 
And then that could have been a winning move. That could have been the big move. And then Jesse just one-upped him by making this move to take out Cody. So it was quite recent. So recency bias may have played into it as well. But it definitely, I mean, when this happened, was one of the few times this season where I was like fist pumping. I was like, what yeah. a move. You know, what yeah, exactly. what gameplay by Jesse. So well-deserved. Also, I yeah, just want to read some of the comments. Survivor Now podcast says, got a point, Chris. Marianne locked up the win with that bombshell reveal of the idol. I think definitely that that was an amazing play as well, and it definitely helped. But I ultimately think if she sat next to Omar, it would have been difficult to make a case that she ran the game more than Omar. I honestly think that even with the idol reveal, she would have had a tough time to win that season. I could be wrong. I didn't read a lot of the Because I remember there being something, Mucky, about Drea poisoning the jury against Omar, and that all got cut from yeah. Rob as a podcast because there was yeah. some stuff happening there. Yeah, yeah, I, I recall reading about that as well, which, um, I mean, I, I think that definitely could have hurt his game as well if Omar made it to the end, but I definitely do think if we just look at it from how season 14 was edited, definitely Omar would have had the mm. had the win, yeah. But I've also noticed, like, a lot of, um, a lot of how season, like, the new era has been sort of formatted and edited as that, oh, everything's so positive, everything's so lovely. I was shocked that, you know, they even aired the James and Owen fight that they had because, like, a lot of the whole new era is like, wow, we love this companionship, you know, camaraderie, you know, play, recognizing player. But there's actually so much more that goes on beyond that. So I was quite shocked that they actually did show an Owen versus James, like, verbal argument and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do hide a lot of that these days but i'm glad they did show it i think that's one of the yeah. things that makes survivors of africa so compelling to watch because it's raw you know like you see yeah. the fights at camp you see people arguing about who stole food and things like that in a tribal council and it's that rawness that i really enjoy personally when i watch survivor um yeah. and, and i'm glad they showed that they didn't take it out but a lot of what happened with Drea and Omara was politically, I feel like, motivated. Um, and yeah, Survivor is trying to stay away from that because 41 and 42, well, 42, they kind of took it out. 41, I think, got slammed for it a little bit. And um, yeah. yeah, sometimes they say there's no such thing as bad press, but in Survivor's case, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. want to go down that, that road. So I feel like they, they do try and, and remove some of that now, if they admit it or not. They're, they're removing it in some of the later seasons. Because 43 didn't really have that either. Yeah. Um, I don't want to bring up the results here so we can have a look at it. So overwhelmingly, 56% of people voted for the Jesse blind side on Cody. Um, it was really not even a question of who else could potentially win. Marianne blindsiding Omar was second at 17%, followed by the Sam blindside mm. on Jesse. Yeah. Followed by which one is it? Uh, equal for Dreas in packing with all the advantages and the No BS Alliance equal at six percent. So um, quite overwhelmingly, people voted for that move as the biggest move of the year. The next yeah. one is going to be who is the best player of the year, and um, I kind of let four people in here who I personally thought played the best. Uh, so it was the best player who didn't win. I should add, obviously, yeah. the best player always wins, but do they? Um, yeah. Some players really dominated their season but they didn't get the win at the end. And I made sure that there was one nominated player from each one of the seasons here. We had Marion DeFoss for Survivors of Africa Return of the Outcasts. Yeah. We had Josh Mulgate for Australian Survivor Blood versus Water. Omar for 42 and Jesse for 43. Who do you think 
the audience voted for and who would you have voted for for the best player this season or this year 2022 who didn't win i i believe i voted for marianne i feel like she played an extremely good game and return of the outcast who actually was in one massive alliance and apart from the stephen blind side to basically dominated the entire pre and post merge as well and so i think that the audience is going to vote for jesse because of recency bias and because of the more lights of american awards that's been coming up recently so i definitely think jesse is going to win omar is second then marion third and josh josh fourth second and third i just want to see how close you are to the actual um results here let's have a look at who ultimately won and no surprises jesse won hey. overwhelmingly i should say he had over 70 yeah. percent of the vote oh crap so it's, so no, it's undisputed awesome. that yeah. people think he was the best player of the year who didn't win and it's hard to disagree with that. It is really hard yeah. to disagree. I mean, Jesse really, there were times, uh, one of the reasons I enjoyed Survivor 43, and I thought that it may get a bit more love in the best season of the year compared to what it actually did, was the fact that, you know, Jesse made moves at certain times in the game to cut allies and things where I was like, are you making the right move? Like cutting Neka yeah. really early, jumping ship from Dwight and uh, Noel when he did. A lot of the times I was like, why is he making these moves so early? Kind of similar to what Tony did in his original yeah. season in Kageyam. We constantly questioned, like, you know, are you doing the right thing turning on your alliance so soon after the merge? But he always found a way to wiggle himself to the top of the hierarchy and the decision-making. And most of all is he had the right-hand person in Cody who had such a charismatic presence about him where people wanted to work with Cody, but he was the one constantly feeding Cody the information. This is what we do next. This is where we've got yeah. to go. And it was definitely a partnership, but I always felt like Jesse ultimately, you know, there's, there's this little thing when it comes to like great players where you want to be in conversations with people and you want them to do what you want them to do, but you don't want to force them to do it. You want them yeah. to feel like it's their decision. And I thought Jesse, similar to Omar, was very good. I actually think Jesse and Omar are very similar players, and I would actually rate themselves. Like it would have, like it, I think I may have voted for Omar in this spot, but it's so tight between the two of them in regards to who was the best player for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, like all, all four of them would have been a great player to win. So it's definitely hard to try to pick one to be the best player who did not win. So. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. Um, Surviving Our Podcast said, call me crazy, but I think Shane could have had a play at this. Yes, Jesse deserves it, but Shane played a great game with the cards he was dealt. I think his game this year doesn't get enough recognition. Shane. Who's Shane? Why, why? Return of the Outcasts? Return of the Outcasts. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure because when I look back at Shane... I completely, I I completely like... forgot. That, that, just, that just gives you an idea of the... Listen, let's let's explore that for a second. Because Surviving yeah. Our Podcast is a good point, actually. He made it to the end, but he was a shadow of his former self in regards to his presence or influencing the game. But you make a good point. Because of the cards that he was dealt with, he was a lot older. His main person in Marianne was willing to turn on him very early in the game and let him be a sacrificial lamb. He kind of played, you're right, he played the best game with the cards he was dealt with. He was a lot older than everybody else out there, and nobody nobody trusted him because he had such a big reputation coming into the season to begin with. So if you look at the reputation he had, he had no right to make it to the final two. The fact that he got to yeah. the final two is actually still an amazing feat. Yeah, 
I still recall he tried to make a couple moves here and there. Like I think about like how he he realized that that Dante was flipping on either him or potentially you know Chappies, and he tried to change it, but no one would listen to him. So I felt like um, with Shane, that's right. He had good he, reads. Yeah, yeah, he had very good reads, but he never actually had the the capital to actually pull anything off. If that makes sense, I felt like it was more Marianne. Who was making the blind size happen? Well, Shane definitely had great reads and great insights on how they would potentially do things, but he really needed it's quite similar between Tony and Sarah. I think they both need each other to go extremely deep into any season they play. And I think same with Shane and Marianne. I think Shane really, really needs Marianne to to do a lot of the social work for him. Well, Sarah won her season with Tony being voted out first, so or second yeah. that season. So um, I, I don't know. If, like, I get what you're saying. I think the winners yeah. at war, they needed each other badly to do well, and yeah. they played well together. But I think that, yeah, there's circumstances where people forgot who they were <laughs> and they would yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah, I think yeah. they could go pretty deep. And, I mean, Sarah also did really well in the Challenge USA. So without Tony, so I kind of feel like she's just a good game player in general. It's like, yeah, definitely there's flaws to her. And I know there's some people here that watched the Challenge USA didn't like Sarah that much in the Challenge USA, but she's a she's a pretty good game player. Like if people like her or not, so I don't know. But I get what you're saying. Marianne and Shane definitely played well together, but Marianne was willing to cut him at a lot of different points in that season. Um, and I know that, you know, Shane getting all the way to the final and really just getting badly outvoted there um, is something that up until today is still affecting him badly. Like he felt like yeah. he deserved more than that. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. I obviously didn't put Shane up here, but when it comes to the people that I did put up here, let's have a look at the votes. Let's see where people landed on the votes. So, like I said, 73% of people voted for Jesse. Second was Omara at 12%, then Marianne at 11%, followed by Josh at only 2%. And I think, for me personally, I think Josh is an amazing player. I think Josh comes back in any other season and dominates because yeah, people absolutely. will underestimate him because his edit was so bad. Like, they never yeah. gave him an edit that season when everybody kept saying, let's, let's check in with Josh, see if Josh is on board with this plan, then we'll do it. So clearly he was yeah. like, the the mafioso of that season but yeah. the edit just did not show us that so i feel pretty bullish about like josh getting another shot at some point well i actually at one point thought josh would be on a heroes versus villain season as a hero that that yeah. ship has sailed because he's got a newborn and obviously even if they did ask him he wouldn't have been able to do this season coming up but uh like i really hope he gets another shot at some point because i feel like the edit did him dirty i mean hey like next season uh, return of the outcast Australian survivor, half returning, half newbie. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Crossover season, like, I mean, it's these yeah. days they, they bring back almost anyone in Australian survivors, so yeah. uh, I feel like anyone could stand a chance of coming back and playing again. Russell Muscle TV, welcome to the live stream. Jesse was legendary, new school styled villain, and I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was, he was a, a cutthroat villain, but he's still a nice villain. Like we don't have yeah, like really real villains anymore. I don't feel like, you know, yeah. but if we, if we had to classify him as a villain, yeah, I guess him and Omara, like I said, they're kind of, to me, they're kind of similar in the way they played. One thing I did forget to mention why I really enjoyed Omar so much was Omar had something similar to how Dino played the game. 
which is he's really good at playing with people's emotions. And I don't think yeah. Jesse was that level of a game player. Like, and and yeah. he, he's got other skills that, you know, obviously made him great. But if you think about the Mike Fenter reward, where they went to go watch the cinema, and Mike Fenter, uh, 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 he saw, um, not Mike Fenter, Mike from that season, in any case. Mike Turner. Went, yeah. Mike Turner. He went to the award, reward show, the thing where they saw the movie, and they saw from the family back home mike was vulnerable in that moment right and he was yeah. like seeing his family and omar chose that as the time to strike against high and say yeah. hey yeah. high is the person he's saying you're a meat puppet he's telling you what to do if you if he says jump you'll ask how high that level of awareness when it comes to playing the emotional game and how to tweak on people's emotions and put them against each other. I, I just respect that so much of Amara. I think he's a he's a high-level game player and would yeah. be very dangerous any season that he comes back. And if I was to play with Omar, I love Omar. He follows the channel as well. But Omar, if I was with you, <laughs> get rid of me before I get rid of you because I wouldn't want to play with you. you you're yeah. dangerous, you know? Similar to yeah. Jesse because Jesse is sneaky. He's sneaky, but not as sneaky as Steve, though. Yeah. But that's for later on this year. Chris says, to me, a villain needs to own their moves and their underhandedness. If they do that and do that well, they're a good villain. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, and I don't know like how many people actually like that and own being a villain these days. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe like a George. I feel like George yeah. owns it. And like he's a, and he's going to be on the villain's tribe this year for Australian Survivor. Odette said, I'll be shocked if Jesse doesn't become the face of the new era, similar to Boston Rob post All-Stars. Yeah, like who else would be the face of New School Survivor? Marianne, um, maybe a, a, a Ricard. Marianne, I think Marianne, I think Marianne could be the new Sandra Diaz Twine of New School mm. Survivor, and that's high praise. That's high praise. But obviously, yeah. she hasn't gone and won a second season. But I could see her be like that, you know, or the new Sari Fields type of player, you know, like yeah. I could see that. Um, I'm trying to think who else is because the funny thing is Ricard kind of anointed himself as a legend a couple of seasons ago. You know, he said, you yeah. know, he was a legend or something, which I always found funny because doesn't the audience decide who the legends are? <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah, decide exactly, you're a legend. Exactly. So yeah. I, I mean, just based on that alone, I, I wouldn't put Ricard up there. I think Omar is good, but I think Jesse's got that level of popularity now where he could yeah. be like that. Shan, I don't know. Like Shan's really fallen off the radar with fans outside of the show. I feel like she's not as popular. Um, yeah, true, true. So I don't know about that at all. And if we would even see her come back, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody else outside of Jesse to be that. I think you're right. Yeah. Whoever said that I did. I think you're right. I think Jesse is probably going to be the next Boston Rob level of player. Like we see, I, I'll put it out there. We see Jesse come back two more times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Jay says, while Omar would know how to deal with emotions since he's a vet and being a vet can come with having to deal with people's emotions. Yeah, That's right. Absolutely. That's yeah. true. That's true. I don't know where Dino got that because he's a, a game, escape room, you know, oh. owner. So where did he learn how to play with people's emotions? He makes it that hard to escape. Surviving our podcast says Ricard is a face for new era. Maybe, maybe. I mean, people will remember him as the person who removed 
come on in guys so he'll be remembered yeah. remember for something you know um <laughs> and there's no hate to ricard at all because i think he is yeah. a great player actually um i just don't like it when people call themselves legends let me just put that yeah. out there. <laughs> i've got a problem with that let the fans decide who the legends are yeah, you know, we, we decide that and in that case i say jesse but i'm not opposed to ricard coming back he did play a good season yeah. in his season and i do want to see the ricard versus sean season Absolutely. because they're really they really dislike each other outside of the game from what yeah. i've heard yeah. so that that could be entertaining yeah that'd be that'd be great to watch i recall like in the, the deep dives on i have this since the metalog moves together if you watch both of the podcasts all they do is kind of just shit talk each other going no i was the one that did this no i was the one doing <laughs> so see funny. see that's the problem for me that's i feel like it's cloud chasing yeah. with those two like it's what i feel like yeah. i mean i could be wrong i feel i feel like it's a little bit of that where i don't yeah. think jesse's gonna be like that i don't think omara's like that it's no, just let not. our game speak for itself but anyways yeah. um let's see what else they're saying here so jay says what about jonathan <laughs> i don't think so I, I mean, I like Jonathan. I, I honestly, I'm not in the camp of people who don't like Jonathan. I actually wouldn't mind seeing him again. Um, but I, I just feel like they overhyped Jonathan so much. Like he's, I think Jonathan, he, here's what I think. This is who Jonathan is. Jonathan is the new James Clement for this era. Yeah. I can see him being the Aussie of the new era or potentially the James. No, he hasn't won enough. Don't, don't give uh, Jonathan. Uh, true, true. The, yeah. like, like James, James <laughs> yeah, yeah. was great at the, at the, uh tribal stuff yeah yeah the pre-merge similar to jonathan but i don't think james was ever like an individual immunity beast and jonathan True, surely yeah. isn't either like he only won two you're talking about aussie who's like one of the record holders for most immunity true, individual yeah, immunity true, wins yeah. of all time yeah no, that is true yeah that's true yeah, yeah I, Chris I says jonathan, jonathan is dominant but not the face of the brand i agree yeah i think jonathan as well as jesse comes back another another two times yeah, I mean, listen, Mr. Jeff perhaps liked him. So, yeah, yeah, Mr. Mr. Jeff, yeah. like, I mean, Jeff just likes anybody who calls him Mr. Mr. Jeff. Yeah, so, exactly. I think he'll bring him back. I think he'll bring him yeah, back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, enough stalling. On to the next one here. We've got most improved player of the year. And for this category, there may be a few people here in the audience who have not watched International Survivor. For those ones, I do apologize. The next five to ten minutes may be a bit boring because we're going to talk about survivors of africa return of the outcast but for most improved player we had four players i only wanted to make it a full returnee season to make it fair um i think with the rest of it maybe i could have thrown sammy in there and she probably would have had a good chance as well she did really well yeah. coming back and playing again um, but no nah, andy sadly <laughs> like i mean the guys his goose was cooked as soon as he got there <laughs> that's the same right <laughs> Um, okay, most improved player. We've got four people. We've got Phil Dixon. We've got Marianne DeFoss, Steffi Brink, and Felix Godlow. Now, I will say this. This was the most competitive category that we've had yeah. so far. Most of them have been pretty one-sided in regards to who won. Who out of Phil, Marianne, Steffi, and Felix do you think got the honor of being the most improved player? Well, Ashley, um, I feel like you could have added a fifth person in there. I feel like you could have added Dante in there because I was actually, you know, definitely when the tribe swap happened, you know, he started to fall apart a bit with the whole trying to get dinner out. But hey, he's correctly, you know, targeted the winner of both the Did seasons. he improve he, though? Did he improve as a player I, from his previous time? I, I, I feel like he did. You know, I felt like, you know, because the problem is the first time he played, no one wanted to work with him. 
but I felt like he got into a really good alliance, and it was only because he kept trying to force them to vote, to vote off Dino. That's why they flipped on him. But I think if he just like yeah. wasn't as pushy, he probably does stay for a bit longer. But I think in terms of most improved, it would either be Steffi or is Phil in there? Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, it's either Steffi or Phil, I reckon. And I think you're on the money with the two people that you not that you nominated as the most improved. It's hard yeah. for Steffi because she went deeper the previous time she played, but I yeah. saw her gameplay i mean like at one point at the merge i was like this she's winning like i mean she's got everybody yeah. like she's got all these different alliances working with her sadly it was a returnee seasons with very capable game body type of players who recognized yeah. the threat in steffi because she's a physical beast she was you know connecting emotionally with so many people which was her biggest weakness the first time she played not being able to be vulnerable in front of people and let them in a little bit um yeah. and yeah i mean i'm a massive steffi stan always will be so you know for yeah. me normally when she's up for a vote i'll put i'll throw a vote steffi's way but in this case i do think it went to the person who really deserved to get the reward it wasn't steffi um ultimately the person who is going to take out this one is none other than phil dixon for most improved player oh, yeah. of 2022. Now, if you look at Phil, he was out fifth in his original season. Came back as someone who was a pre-merger. You know, he was 10 years older than what he was the first time he played. He had a dad bod coming into this thing. No one thought he would become the challenge beast of the season. Won four individual immunities, one short of the record for Survivors of Africa and also the global record for most individual wins in a season. And, you know, I had the opportunity to sit down with Lodou Bota, um, name dropping, executive producer for Survivors of Africa when I was in South Africa. And we had a chat and Lodou said, like, Phil Dixon is now the gold standard for Survivors of Africa when it comes to confessionals and how to be entertaining. So yeah. he's like, if someone wants to be on the show, this is what he wants to see and a, a castaway coming onto the show because his his one-liners um the 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 level of fun that he brought to the show and just outright laughing like i mean you know the pinty comment about pinty running around pre-merge and he's like yeah. pinty's like this angry dog and no one knows who the owner is and it's off its lease yeah. and it just keeps running in between people yeah. <laughs> he just had the greatest like one-liners um and yeah i think it's it's well deserved because if he did get to the final, I think he had a legitimate case to win the season. He had a lot of respect under the people that he played with in regards to the level of strategy he used. I mean, him and Dino's game were very similar, but he also had the individual immunity ones. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, um, I haven't seen season five, but from what I've heard from other people, Phil wasn't really doing much either. He didn't really make any moves or anything. You know, right from no, he was he was funny. He was yeah. he was he was funny, similar to how he was funny on this one. I knew we would get good confessionals from him, and he yeah. was a villain, and wanted to play villain, like stole food and things like that. Um, so he adapted his game a lot, but yeah, he didn't get the opportunity to go deep. They cut him out yeah. very very early on. And he he really led the Primus tribe as well, from blindsided mm. Tevin and Chambers. Everyone was coming to him, and um, like and I think definitely. Uh, the, the biggest blunder of this year is when he actually voted for Shona instead of Dante. Um, definitely one of like my favorite international episodes this <laughs> this year. But yeah, I think um, yeah, he, he definitely deserves that. Um, yeah. 
No, I agree 100% with you. Let's have a look at how the votes unfolded. I just want to make sure that we don't give anything away for the next category. Um, so like I said, the tightest category overall, oh, wow. like if you see there. So 34% went to Phil Dixon as the most improved player. Second yeah. was Marianne on 24%. And then an equal for both Felix and also Steffi. And I think this kind of shows why the season was so good and both our minds, Bucky, because we both yeah. had Survivor Return of the Outcast as our favorite season of the year. It's because of how even it was between these players. Like there were yeah. a lot of great players this season and everybody played super hard to win. And it was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was a really tight season all the way through. I recall I always sent you a power rankings as well like after, I remember. after like either every episode or every week and it'll just completely change up after the week like it was a great season yeah, yeah. well moving on from that one there because i know a lot of people probably um in the live didn't watch survivor south africa we are going to continue to stay on it for one more round we're going to talk about the international hall of fame entries for 2022 and uh following that we'll have our last category which i know is going to probably be hotly debated in regards to who should be on there for the hall of fame for survivor us and for this one i definitely wanted to make sure that i had two different categories to make it fair so we don't just get survivor us players being added into uh, the hall of fame and we had a lot of great players up here for our first nomination and next year a lot of these players will probably still be up for nomination again and i wanted to add two people per year to the hall of fame but i decided to make it three because in both categories, I felt like it was so tight between some people that yeah. I kind of felt like I needed to widen it a little bit. And, you know, there's been so many players that have played in both countries or both uh, iterations yeah. of it, the international and the U.S. iteration of it. So I think let's add three people in for each category. And we had to do it for the international one because we've got a joint second and third place in any case on that. And then we've got yeah. a, a winner. But it was very split between who we would think would potentially get in there so the people that were nominated were rob bentelli david gannat hayley leek mark wales luke toki pia miranda dino polo francois the chappies chapman and then steffi brink those were the people that i added oh. up for potential international hall of fame if you had to choose one and, and we'll see how many you I can can't. get right who do you think is definitely in this thing i mean there's three of them you've got a one out of three chance of hitting one of them yeah well i think the top four players are definitely rob b and Atale, david luke and chappies i i think the four of them are easily the top four um i said chappies is probably fourth because he didn't do that well on return of the outcast maybe he's kind of forgotten a wee bit people probably more remember him for immunity island not really being on return of the outcasts i'm gonna say luke was first and rob was second because i feel like people remember rob a bit more than david okay so let's have a look at the outright number one person added to hall of fame they got a total of 24 percent of the vote Oh, it's your favorite oh, creep. It's Luke Toki. Hey, my <laughs> creep. Yeah. So Luke Toki yeah. is the first entry into the Nullified Take Hall of Fame 
who knows maybe we get him back on the podcast i've actually spoken to him on this podcast i've had the opportunity to interview him twice so for anyone watching this at a later stage if you watch any of the two seasons that luke has played in and if you want to go back um and and check out some of that interview or luke specifically he didn't really spoil anything from his season so even if you haven't watched any of his seasons we just spoke about international survivor in a crossover season and if he would be interested in playing in a crossover season i was gutted when i didn't see him on the challenge australia you know because i thought he's the biggest personality when it comes to australian survivor when it comes to australian reality tv so he did win big brother australia as well the the, the vip celebrity version of that he played twice in australian survivor i won't give positions away did extremely well very memorable, very lovable character. Um, I personally think when it comes to International Survivor, a crossover season, the number one name I jot down from any Survivor is Luke Toki. I put Luke Toki in every time. I voted for him as well. So I was very happy to see him get the outright number one spot here. What do you think of this entry? You did say you thought he would be one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, if you're doing crossover season, first player you put down is Luke, you know, before you even touch america or south africa you know luke is always the first player that you put down just hands down i think not only is he you know a great player in general but he's also just very fun to watch except i say he's a bit more than phil because with phil he gives great confessionals but you know one of my favorite blind sides without you know spoiling anything is um somehow he can pull off a three two 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 how how can you pull off a three to two to two? You know, and he, he's just he does he's a, Luke, <laughs> and he does a similar thing to that. You know, at the final five, where yeah. the majority is two. You know, it's like it's like with no idols or anything. Like it's, it's just. Nuts. I mean, yeah. uh, no, no one will forget like him and Dave yeah. in that second season that he played, being two against seven or something after the swap, yeah, and both of them two. somehow, yeah, somehow yeah. both of them survived that swap. It's yeah. just insane gameplay. The guy hustles. He is the Australian Tony Blockhorse and yeah. how he plays. And Tony is a big uh, person that he looks up to as well in the game. And obviously, he's got his yeah. own version of the Spy Shack and things like that. So, obviously, yeah. kind of imitating the GOAT. But, you know, Luke is such a fun character. And I was so gutted not to see him on Heroes versus Villains. I think it's an absolute travesty not to have him on it because maybe they couldn't find a spot for him because he's kind of an anti-hero. He's not a villain. But he's not fully a yeah. hero either. So he kind of falls in between the two categories of players. But yeah, very happy to see Luke there. Um, Zudaman, welcome to the live. Says, happy to be here. For some reason, my notification never went off. But everyone's here is going great thus far. Yes, our year's going. And happy New Year's to everyone. I don't know if I said that off the rip. I hope 2023 is a blessed one for everyone. And you guys all achieve what you want to achieve throughout the next uh, year. And let's most importantly, let's hope there's great Survivor. Let's hope that yeah. the seasons that are coming out is going to be a great, great year of Survivor. Now... The next two Hall of Fame entries are equal at 18% each. Um, and we'll start with one of the more obvious ones because you already mentioned this person. So, David I'll start, so I'll start off with one of the two more obvious ones here for the next entry. And you're right, it's one of those two. Let me get it up. It's wrong. David Gannat. Oh. <laughs> so course. David Gannat is in the international hall of fame uh obviously it's hard not to spoil here played the game twice went reasonably deep the first time got blindsided badly with an idol in his pocket but showed 
immense awareness of the game and how it needs to be played strategically. He is a villain. He's a bona fide villain yeah. in the way that he plays the game and he owns it. So similar to how um, Chris said earlier that a villain should be someone who knows that they're a villain and owns the move that they make. He is that person. He doesn't care or mind being the villain as well. So seeing him win this or be in the Hall of Fame, I'm very happy with that because he came back in All-Stars, played one of the best games we've ever seen in any iteration of the show. Fully deserves to be a Hall of Famer. And he is the second entry at 18%. What do you think of this? Oh, um, I mean, I think it's very fitting, you know. Luke's number one, David is two, or David's number one, Luke is two, you know. Um, I think David's definitely one of the best players in, like, you know, all versions of Survivor. He's easily a top three for me, you know. So um, I'm really glad to see that David has won the Hall of Fame. And, yeah. Aaron Kate. Hi, welcome to the last ah. stream. Hello, hello, Aaron K. You know, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite funny, um, Chris. You know, I was actually talking about um, the other day with a um, with a close friend of mine about personal betrayals. You know, and I actually think the betrayal David did on on Daisy is probably one of the. Well, it's a really betrayal. It's probably not really a betrayal, but the blind side of Daisy is probably one of the best blind sides. Oh, survivor history as well survivor history yeah working across opposing alliances and being able yeah. to make that work is just brilliant i mean it was such a david thing to do the guy has got the guts to pull off the most audacious moves like he just you would never yeah. expect anyone to pull it off and he would go for it it's similar to like a luke yeah. it's why they gravitated together not having both of them on this heroes versus villain season massive L yeah. for Channel 10 not getting them back for whatever reason. Oh, so uh, in my mind. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. All right. Um, so this is going to leave us with one last for the International Hall of Fame. This last one, you didn't mention up until this point. So Rob Bentelli is not in the top three people that got voted for oh, International gosh. Hall of Fame. I thought Rob was going to get in. I think Rob was my yeah. vote for someone to get oh, in. Oh, wow. Yeah. But this person came from nothing at the bottom into a season dominated it to a certain degree and won it against some of the best players or i would say the fiercest competitive competition we've ever seen in survivors of africa in any case and does deserve a spot in the international hall of fame dino paulo 18 um, percent of the vote yeah so first wow. all-star season first returnee season he went out yeah. a vote before the merge i think maybe one or two votes before the merge yeah. in his original season he was seen as a massive threat coming into that season very early on. People sniffed him out early, but then found him his way back on a returnee season. My understanding is that, you know, um, and I could be wrong here, but I, I've heard that Leroux had to fight to get him back on that season um, and, oh, wow. and be like, hey, we need we need Dino back. Came back onto that season and had a very dominant display against people that were proven, that have gone the distance, that have done really well in the game. And yeah. Dino is someone that I do have, like a date stall with him at some point. We're going to put him on the podcast. We're going to be talking yeah. about his win because I've never actually had the opportunity to talk about his game in full. And I'm very interested to have him on the podcast and to talk about his experience of going through both ends, like having been someone that was voted out early to come back on a returnee season. Um, there is no person, like he deserves to be Hall of Fame because of his gameplay and, and winning a very competitive season and winning against a player like Shane with a massive reputation. You know, Shane, like we said, should not have gone to the end. He got there, but Dino still got all the votes. And he played that emotional game better than anyone else. Like, there was times when he got to the swap 
you know, similar to like a Luke and a David where him and Phil were in the bottom. He emotionally manipulated people to get out of that, yeah. you know, and go a little bit further. People were handing him idols in the game. Yeah. I mean, we crazy. forget, like the guy played a really good game. But outside of how good of a game he played, he's just a genuinely nice guy. And I constantly see stuff online about him reaching out to fans, giving them buffs from Survivor South Africa signed. You know, the guy is more in touch with the Survivor community than anyone else. And I could, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy to win. You know, he got married yeah. recently and now he's on the Hall of Fame for the Nullify Take. There you yeah. go. Dino's got the trifecta. Exactly. Like, forget about being married. You're on the Hall of Fame. Exactly. How that? Yeah. <laughs> nah, such a great guy. I'm very happy to see him win. But definitely, um, I, I, I didn't think he was going to be voted above Rob Bentelli on this one. But, you know, I think Rob is a very strong potential to be in the next one. Obviously, we're going to yeah. continue to add more and more people to it. But, I do think being the first winner of a returnee season qualifies you as the person who won against the best competition because Rob didn't really have much competition in his season. He dominated it. Yeah, exactly. I actually wonder um, how our dinner would do in the, like a full, you know, um, South African survival star season, you know, where you've got my suspicion like, as well, but I don't want to put targets on him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to put targets on him. My suspicion yeah. is, my suspicion is Dino would do better than what you'd think because he's in oh, touch. Yeah. He's oh, in touch true, with everybody. True, yeah. Everybody's in touch with him. Like, I don't yeah. think Rob Bentelli really floats in the survivor circles at all. I don't really oh, think he talks yeah. to too many people in the survivor circles outside of survivor. So I think yeah. in a season like that with Rob's reputation going into the season, like I think he would be targeted way before Dino. Um, oh, and I don't think he would have the connections to be safe unless he oh, gets... Wow. Nicole in there with him, and may maybe the winners of Survivors of Africa, Dino and Rob, and other Nicole or something. They have like a pack to look after each other. But I, I do think Dino, like I do think that he comes in and, and does better than what people maybe think. I mean, like you said, Dante tried to aim at him the whole game, and people still didn't take a shot. That that gives yeah. you something in regards to how Dino played that game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's used to playing from the bottom. Yeah, and I think so it'd be interesting something... to see him play from the top. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. I think if you play a lot from the bottom, it's much easier to tr transition to the top. But when you play from the top, it's harder to play from the bottom. It's, it's like it's like the case of how um, what is it? Like um, like when winners come back, they tend to struggle a lot. Because well, no, 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 not that. It's like when you haven't been to tribal council. That's right. When you haven't been to tribal council, you struggle a lot and you end up losing on the first vote often because you just don't have that experience of strategizing and feeling comfortable when do i bring up strategy when do i not bring up strategy so yeah yeah chris here says the nullify take <laughs> hall of fame is bigger deal than getting married lol chris that's straight why up, i'm still not married so i'm still not yeah, married. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not married did you see, you see a ring on these fingers no <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we definitely don't have our priorities straight, Maki. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so overall, 24% of the votes went to Luke. 18% of the votes went combined to David Gannat and also uh, Dino. And then the person that came in fourth just missing out was Haley Leak at 9%, 9.9%, followed by Chappies at 8%, then Mark Wales, then Rob Bentelli, and then lastly, Steffi Brink received the fewest votes on this one here but regardless what a honor to be even mentioned for hall of fame and like i said all of these 
people will be back on the vote for next time. We'll add three more different people into the mix and we'll see where it goes. But now let's go on to the Hall of Fame. And I'm sure this is the main event. This is what everybody came for, for Survivor US. Um, obviously, there's been 43 seasons, so many players we can choose from, but we can't sadly add all of them in immediately. So I added some of my favorite players into it. I was biased. Some of them genuinely deserve to be here. Some of them were maybe a little bit more my favorite than some of the others. But I can't say everybody received votes. There was no zero vote getters. So it means that some people do value the same players that I do. So I had into this Hall of Fame nomination, Kim Spradlin, Boston Rob, Sandra Diaz-Twine, Tony Vlacos, Richard Hatch, Michelle Fitzgerald, Sarah Lucina, Jeremy Collins, and Sari Fields. And I can say we have got a winner, an outright winner, and an outright second and third place for this one. No ties this time when it comes to the top three. So take a stab at who you think would be in the top three Hall of Fame. You had two out of three right for international. So it's a pretty impressive record. And Dino was the one you didn't get. I feel like Siri is an out, outright winner because when you come on, it's a Siri of all people. Yeah, probably, like, probably her and Luke are probably their best never win Survivor. So I was a Siri's up there. Sandra is second. I think, you know, Sandra definitely deserves to be a Hall of Fame. And I think Tony is third. That's my top three. Sorry, so you said Siri, Tony, and? Siri, Sandra, and Tony. Okay. That's your top three. Chris here says, <laughs> I had to throw Sarah Lucina in there. Sarah Lucina's she's a good player. I mean, you cannot deny she went to win her season and she was one fire-making challenge away, I believe, from winning Winners at War. So yeah. that tells you a lot. Because I think if she gets into the final for Winners at War, she beats Sony, who was the biggest threat. And especially, yeah. you know, agree or disagree with how much the fire-making challenge these days mean to people. She probably would have gotten the credit for taking out the biggest challenge or the biggest um, potential. Well, I think he was the biggest challenge piece that season and also yeah. the biggest threat to winning that season in Tony Vlachos. So um, yeah. I feel like she deserves a spot in there. Uh, but I know that some people don't like Sarah Lucina because of the Challenge USA. And I get it. I get it. Like, listen, the Challenge USA, there was a few times I cringed. But I still think she's probably a great person outside of the game. You've got to understand, this is games brings you into stressful situations maybe it doesn't bring the best out of you at all times yeah. when you're out in a game such as that but i've got a lot of love for cops are us so i was really yeah. hoping that at least one of the cops are us people will be in this and um i can say that the outright winner at 35.5 percent of the vote is none other than sorry goat himself tony vlacos 35 percent at one point, it was 45% of the vote. So as the vote continued, he dropped a little bit. But 35%, 35.5% of the vote, people acknowledge greatness. They put Tony in yeah. the top. I think it's undisputed. There's only been two players in the history of the show in the U.S. that have won twice. Tony yeah. is one of them. And if you compare Sandra and Tony's game next to each other, both games, Tony's two games were more impressive in my mind because it was more entertaining. Yeah. He's the full package. He's great at playing the strategic game. He's great at playing in individual immunities. He's great at playing with people's emotions. Yeah. Like the psychology behind what he did in Winners at War was insane. Like, yeah, I just don't awesome. think anybody yeah. plays the game like Tony. Uh, my biggest question to you, because I do stay in touch sometimes with some of the people out there that talk about a potential legendary season and who could come back. And Tony's name gets thrown out there quite a bit. Boston Rob, obviously, 
you know, a few big players. Is there any upside to Tony coming back and playing again? Because in my mind, I, I just think he should call it like, like even if he does come back and go early, I still think he remains the goat because he's just yeah. got the record. But like, if you're Tony, do you come back and play again? Yeah, no, that's definitely very hard. Um, well, I think the only reason why Tony would come back is just to have fun, you know, because I think a two-time winner is not going to win again. You know, if anything, there'll be a third two-time winner. But also in saying that, if there was someone to win three times, I think it is definitely Tony of all people. Because I think if Sandra makes the end, she probably would not win again. Um, but I think if Tony, someone makes it to the end, it would be such a shock. I think something for me personally was I was very shocked that Tony even made the end because I was thinking, no, nah, there's no way this guy can get to the end. So I remember Robert's a podcast yeah. that season, like doing a draft yeah. and Tony going unpicked at the end. Like nobody yeah. picked him. Yeah, <laughs> I was exactly. like, yeah. people were that like yeah. shocked when he won. They were like, we didn't even pick this guy in the beginning of the season to have a chance. Yeah. And he was in everybody's yeah, exactly. draft at the end because not because people didn't think he was a great player or he didn't like, I always used to look at him as the mad scientist of survivor because of how he won yeah. Kageyan, because no one could yeah. replicate Tony's way of playing the game and win. Like no one has replicated that in my mind yet. Yeah. There's been some Tony, Tony imitators, people being casted to be the next Tony, but no one's yeah. actually been able to pull it off the way he did. And I think that for me, as much as I love Tony, I saw, I actually had this conversation with um, Shannon Gus as well. When we spoke about international survivor and a potential crossover season, like should he come back, all that kind of stuff. And I said to her, like, uh, both of us are very big Tony fans. And I just said, listen, even as a big Tony fan, as much as it would hurt me never to see Tony again, because he doesn't remain in touch with the survivor community. He's not online. You don't know what he's up to. He's a very private person and he's got his own life going on. As much as, as it would hurt me, Tony's legacy is perfect the way it is. We don't need to see him come back in my mind. Like the only way I want to see Tony come back is if they do, and, and it was, this wasn't my favorite twist for Survivor, but if they do an Island of the Idols 2 and they need two more legends to come back and do the game then bring tony and sari or tony and poverty or yeah, yeah. I, I could see tony in that instance coming back to um complete the mount rushmore of heads on survivor yeah. but i don't want to see him outside of that we've got new legends like jesse now that we can follow or other people that have come in to play the game yeah yeah absolutely yeah now i'd, I'd love to see tony come back and play but yeah no matter what he saw he's like the goat yeah yeah We've got Chris here, shocked. Tony got the most votes. I figured he would be um, Hall of Fame, but surprised he won outright. I think you underestimate how popular Tony is. I think Tony Tony is a lovable character, like, uh, firstly. And a lot of people really enjoyed that. So, I mean, I'm not shocked, like, but I, I get it. There's a lot of other lovable characters as well. And maybe one of them will still make this Hall of Fame afterwards as well. Uh, Zunaman says, definitely, he's still goaded, even if he's a pre-merger. Jay says, we've seen enough of Tony. Don't need to see him again. Time for new stars to shine. I agree with you, Jay. Love Tony, but I'm happy for, like, there's a whole era of people that have not come back yet to play the game again and that i want yeah. to see play the game again i know some people may not agree with me on this rick devins is one of them for me like i want to see rick devins play the game again i want to see lauren uh, beck play the game again there's few people that have played the game that have not come back to play again yeah um sandra demonstrated that two-time winners don't fare well when returning yep 100 percent. i mean I... she's got a massive target but but the funny thing for me on sandra i just want to put that out there mucky but maybe we'll actually let's leave it maybe we'll get to talk about sandra in a bit we'll yeah. talk about okay, sandra okay. i'm sure um Chris says, Island of the Idols doesn't ever need to return. Yeah, agree with you. 
Uh, I still need to see another second chance. 100% with you on that. Okay, let's move on to the next person here that is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And let me just see who got the second vote. So 35.5% is the highest vote getter. This person is the second highest vote getter. And they got 19% of the vote in total. So there's a bit of a gap between them. That's a bit I think it was 19%. It's definitely Siri. How angry would you be if it's not Siri? You, you, you don't have to be angry. You don't have to be angry. Calm down. Put the keys down, Mucky. Put the keys down. I'll put the keys down. Well, we do have Siri Fields here as a Hall of Fame entry. Second most popular person in the vote here. Um, Sari, you know, even though she's never won the game, she really is that person that represents what Survivor is about for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who watch the show and don't know if they can do it. They don't know if they can go out there. I mean, I sometimes like I'd love to play the game, but sometimes I'm like, man, can I survive three days without eating? I love food, Maki. You know, yeah. but Sharice, the person, I do, I she do got up off stuff. the couch. She went to go play the game and she did extremely well. She did get screwed out of a season when she came back the last time. So we definitely need to see Sari back on our screens in Survivor. I know she's going to get to play the Traders US, which is premiering very soon. But we want to she's see her never, back on Survivor. She's never been voted out normally either. You know, she's been taking out fire making, a random final two to a final three, idled out in the split, in the split boat, which that move should not have worked you know i think it's definitely wrong for jt to flip there and then um obviously the immunity training game changes she's never been outright unanimously unanimously been voted out there's always been some kind of twist or some kind of element of the game that's taking her out rather than just a normal vote but yeah i'd, I'd love to see siri come back and play again i think she's you know i think in game changes she's probably the first or second out of the you know ever got a tribal but i think actually helped her game to never go to travel pre-merge because just like Sandra, that's the part she's always going to struggle with. But once they reach merge, she's in it for, for the long haul, especially if she's got like a good group around her following her. Now I'm interested to know, Jay, would you be okay with seeing Sari? Cause you were like, ah, you know, we don't need to see Tony back again. How do you feel about Sari? Is the fact that Sari still hasn't won maybe something that would convince you that we need to see Sari as a fifth time player on the show? Um, because for me personally, I'm not tired of Sari. I could, I mean, there's been a, a big gap between the last time we saw Sari play and now. I think that if we do have some old school legends versus new school legends, Sari is one of those old school legends. I would love to see come back, play the game against some of the new school. I'd love to see if Sari can hang with the new kids, with the new faster game, you know, uh, that they've got nowadays. I really enjoy Sari. I mean, she's had one bad showing. I think it was in Heroes versus Villains, but it was also because of her threat level. And JT, yeah. people like to think that JT is a bad player. I just think that JT is a decent player, but he likes to take risks because he's already won one. So yeah. he kind of feels like he's playing with house money whenever he's yeah, playing. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, Sandy says they need to make something for Sari, something like Redemption Island for Boston Rob. I don't, I'm not a fan of giving people a win. So I don't know if I'm in the camp of yeah. like we need to give Sari a win, but um, I, I would love to see Sari back uh, I definitely am going to check out Traitors US because she's going to be on it. And there's a few people that I'm going to be following on there that I'd like to see do well. So uh, I agree with Chris. Siri's always invited back. So great person to add into this first three different categories or different names that we're going to be adding to the Hall of Fame here. Let's have a look 
at the last one. Um, do you want to have a final guest on who you think this last person is going to be that's going to get added? I think a Sandra. Sandra Boston Rob. I feel like not many people are hot on Boston Rob anymore, especially on Facebook. Like everyone always crap talks Boston. Sandra Diaz Twine. Ah, it is Sandra. Ah. So Sandra is added as the final Hall of Fame person here. So Sari is surrounded by great names here because there's two two-time winners and Sari in the top in the top three. But you know, Sandra Diaz Twine deserves her spot at the top. I used to be, I wasn't impressed by her first win. The first time she won, I was like, eh, okay. It's not the type of win I normally enjoy, but then she came back, won the second time at a point where I was a big, I was like, I like the bombastic play. I like the strategic play. So I was kind of a Russell fan back then, but I definitely understand. Like, I still think Russell deserves to be mentioned as one of the best to ever play the game and to also change the game. I don't think you can discredit him from that. But I, the more you see Russell's content on YouTube, the more you understand why he didn't win. Um, yeah. And he just doesn't have that softness to him or humbleness. And Sandra played that game perfectly. She rode him to the end. Yeah. She did try and get rid of him a few times, didn't succeed at that. But she rode him to the end and used his, his nature against him at the final tribal council to get the votes. And she became the first two-time winner. She won against people who have never won the show, which Tony still didn't do. You know, it's a credit yeah. to her. Like in Tony's season, they had to give the win to a, a previous winner. Sandra's win, yeah. they didn't have to do that. They could have given it to Russell. Um, they didn't. So, and and she beat a bunch of non-winning players. So all the uh, respect to the queen. And, and, and one of the things I wanted to add, right, is that uh, I think Chris or someone said she hasn't done well when she's come back after two times winning. So we don't need two time winners to come back. I actually think I've gained more respect for Sandra personally in her gameplay since she won twice and she's come back because I feel like every single time she's come back, she's put up a good fight and she's played a lot more aggressive than what we ever saw her play in the first two wins that she got because she's now forced to play that way because of the level of threat that she carries when she comes into her season. And I've really enjoyed seeing that Sandra. I even enjoyed seeing Sandra play Australian survivor. Shout out to the queen for coming over and giving Nina an opportunity to become a survivor player herself. Exactly. And I think, um, Sandra played a lot better as well um, in, in game changes. You know, she did make one mistake in Winners at War, obviously, but, you know, she doesn't hand Denise Idol. She makes the merge. She's the only old schooler, apart from Tyson, who doesn't get, well, yeah, who makes the merge and doesn't get voted out. And I think even Australian Survivor, for such a challenge-heavy, um, like, heavy franchise as well for for literally, like, a, like a lot of athletes, sporty people and stuff, the fact that she made it to the tribe spot and was targeted so many times was able to weasel her way through. She, yeah, she received a lot of votes along the way, but she was able to do all that and not actually get voted out. I'm rewatching Blood vs. Water at the moment with my partner, and she's not like a real massive Sandra fan because she hasn't seen her other seasons yet, but she's definitely very impressed by how, you know, with such a franchise that's so into challenges. Sandra's famously not very good at challenges. So how is she able to lose all her way through? So Sandra did well. Yeah. Sandra, Sandra did well yeah. standing up in that Australian season to actually compete. But you know, the level of respect I have for Sandra, like it just every time she comes back, it grows for me. Like I wasn't a fan of Sandra walking away from um Edge of Extinction on Winners yeah. at War. But I I mean, Sandra's done it all. She's got nothing to prove. She's won twice, you know. So, exactly. so I don't hold it against. I don't hold it against her legacy. Even though I would have liked to have seen her stay and fight it out, she made a calculated uh, decision, and she looked at people like Tyson and Boston Rob and 
the likes of I, I don't even remember who else was on the island at the time, but definitely like, Tyson Natalie, Austin Rock was there. Poverty and Natalie, I, mean, she, I mean, these are all challenge no beasts. Yeah, she had no chance of coming back. And I think, you know, if you're Sandra, you've won twice, you know, like, why not just, just go home? Like, you've already got yeah. the title, you know? Cause if you and she never wanted to vote. She she never wanted to vote for a winner. She's like, I, I don't need to vote for a winner. I can I can go. So it's funny how yeah, the two yeah. two time winners, the two two time winners, have never voted for a winner, <laughs> yeah. ever. So they've only been voted for, but they've never had to vote or cast a vote for another winner. But yeah, again, every time she comes back, just mad respect. And the fact that you know when Survivor US um, rejected Nina Twine Diaz Twine as a player yeah. and never gave her a shot. She was like, you know what? I'll go to Australia. I'll give Nina a chance to play in Australian Survivor. And Nina was a massive yeah. success in that franchise. And yeah. that was probably the only way. Like, I feel similar about Sandra and how I feel like uh, about Tony. We don't need to see these two players come back and play again. We've seen yeah. we've seen enough, like, you know, maybe in the future if there's like a special circumstance. But I'm kind of at the point now where they're, they're legends. Leave them as legends. Um, but the yeah. one iteration or the one way I didn't mind seeing them was when it was to bring i guess like for her to come and bring nina into the into the franchise and to make her survivor yeah. player maybe if we have a global showdown and you really want to get the best versus the best we see them yeah. back i could i could exactly, accept that yeah. but we don't need them in the survivor us i don't think anymore yeah and i think as well you know i do agree that in terms of their own retrospective seasons tony did play a lot better on the second time to win than sandra However, the big difference is a second winner was going to happen no matter what with Tony. You know, whereas with Sandra, I 100%. think Harvey played a great game as well. You know, you had so many real strong players who made the merge. And I think even though the jury was never going to vote for Russell and it was always between her and Poverty, I think the fact that she still won with a really good all-star cast, Heroes vs. Villains is still one of the top American seasons. The fact that she was able to beat probably two of the most, like two of the biggest players that season still shows like her gameplay was was definitely like really good too probably a bit better than Tony's, i agree with you maybe. yeah i will go back to read the comments i've seen some good comments come in since we've um talked about sandra but let's have a look at the vote and how it sort of shaped up so like i said 35 percent of people 35.5 to be precise voted for tony as a hall of fame entry followed by Sari fields at 19.1 percent followed by sandra at 15.6 and then boston rob just missing out at 11.3 percent. so you didn't get in on this iteration of it but it's not like he doesn't have his fans and um i know yeah. there's some people saying i oh, boston rob this and that like i'll be honest you know i've seen enough of boston rob uh as well i kind of put him in that category but i do respect what boston rob has done for survivor he is a legend he is yeah i'm sure if we do another hall of fame he's gonna sneak his way in in the next three i'd be shocked if he's not in the next three players that'll be added to the hall yeah. of fame a lot of people see him as a mount rushmore player i did think think at winners at war he showed an inflexibility that puts him behind the likes of a Sari, a Sandra, and a Tony in my mind. Because all three of those players will adapt to the game that's in front of them, where Boston Rob did not want to adapt. He didn't want to... Um, if he played with Adam Klein at that point where Adam Klein wanted to make a move, even though Adam Klein kind of forced him, he may have survived a little bit longer in the game. So yeah. I, I feel like he was showing the old school approach. And I think Boston Rob... And again, I don't want to underestimate the guy. He's clearly got game. If Boston Rob comes to new school survivor, I think he struggles because it's it's such a different game now compared to what well, it used to be. And I think Winners of War kind of showed it. I mean, I don't know. Like, he'll keep playing the shot in the dark and it'll be the first time it ever works. 
<laughs> yeah like tony tony is a madman tony's yeah. a madman he comes into the news new seasons i reckon he could still i mean he had an extortion thrown at him and he like yeah. survived it like i mean the guy can take curveballs and i think that um Sari, i think it's adaptable but there was a question that someone asked here jay said that's the thing though chris a bit late with this question but do you think Sari would do well in a new era type of season and um that's an interesting question i think she can because i really think that to some degrees, Marianne is that Sari type of player and type of winner. She's a lot yeah. younger than what Sari was the first time she played. But Marianne was a great social player. She wasn't really a physical threat or anything like that. Yeah. And I think that she plays a similar game to like a, a Sari in some way. So I think I think she could still win. I think Survivor still has winners that are playing the game under the radar. It still has winners that sit and wait for the opportunity to make a move. And I think I've said this a few times. I feel like nowadays one or two big moves can make you win the game. Like it doesn't have to yeah. be you're this dominant player from the beginning. I think it's harder to win doing that these days. Yeah. I actually think that um, Tony would do extremely well in the new era simply because it is just that fast pace and he's always extremely fast. You know, there are some tribal councils that are literally, literally just the next day after the previous one, you know. Whereas with Sari, I feel like she she'll do much better in the longer season because how she really wins people over is by having that time to form really strong social bonds with her. That's why people don't want to flip on her. Like, you know, Michaela, Andrea, Aubrey, you know, they're never going to flip on her game changers. Maybe Andrea, but later on. But they're never going to try to fight her out because she really builds strong bonds with people, and that's how she's able to really, like, bruise and manipulate people to, to do what yeah. she wants because she can spend that long time forming the relationships, yeah. No, I agree, hundred percent. Chris says I think Saru would do well in the new era season, as she once said. You can always beat them with these, which is brawn or guns, but you can't beat them with the brains. So yeah, I think I think she's I think she's adaptable. And and also yeah. Zuderman saying we can see on traders, like we can see if she's lost a step or two when she plays in traders. I'm excited for that. I, are you going to yeah. watch traders, US? Uh, I'm not sure how I'll be able to watch it, but I'll definitely find a way to. Uh, we'll we'll talk it. about it offline. I'm sure I can yeah. find a way for you to to watch it because I, I definitely am will we'll be following it. There's a few um returning players, uh, Stephanie Lagrossa also yeah. on that season. So it'll be interesting to see a couple of big brother players as well and so forth. Um Chris asked did Richard Hatch get the fewest amount of votes? Uh it was actually a tie. It was a tie between Richard Hatch, uh Sarah Lucina and Jeremy Collins for the least votes. So they all three had 2.8% of the vote. Um Myself and Gerald had 7%. Who else is there? Oh, sorry, Kim Spradlin as well. Equal lowest votes with Sarah Lucina, Jeremy, and Richard Hatch, which I'm a bit surprised about. Uh, I guess Kim, even though people recognize she was a great player, maybe not the most exciting player to watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think she was quite fun to watch some winners at war, but that's because she was more of an underdog than a top dog. Yeah. yeah. Well, We've gotten to the end here of the live in regards to all of the awards. We've given it away to everybody. Uh, I'll make sure to post this on some socials, so probably Instagram, maybe Twitter, to hype a little bit the show. Uh, we've spoken for about an hour and a half here about all of these different categories. I hope that everybody in the live has had some fun uh, following along as we spoke about all of the categories. We'll definitely do this again next year. Maybe we'll add a few more shows as we continue to cover different shows here as well uh, if this works really well. But thank you so much to everybody in the live that joined 
joined us today to take part in the best of the best for 2022. 2023 is going to be a great year. We, we're not certain if Survivors of Africa is returning yet. It hasn't been renewed yet for the 2023 season. So I kind of feel like if it does come back, we won't see it until 2024 at this point. Um, but we will have Australian Survivor and we definitely will have two more seasons for Survivor US. So at least three seasons there that we can talk about moving forward. If you're late to the show, if you watch up until this point, we very much appreciate it. Please consider to subscribe. It does help with the recognition of the channel. We hope that we earned your subscription here today. Put a like on the video, put a comment below, let us know what you agree with, what you disagree with. Um, and we'll be back very shortly. You know, Maki's going to be joining me for yeah. Australian Survivor Euros versus Nords. We're going to be talking about the whole season. Um, and, you know, the lives may not be the best for some of our US audience. But we hope that you still check it out at a later stage and put some comments on there and let us know what you think. Uh, if you are worried about how you can watch Australian Survivor, there's a few different places that you can. And, you know, if you're if you're savvy with the internet and, and, and do a bit of search, there's a few ways you can watch it. But the, the one that I want to endorse is that if you do have um, a VPN, you can VPN to Australia, jump on 10play.com.au. That's 10play.com.au. Put your location, your geolocation to Sydney. And it's absolutely free and you're supporting the show as well online but um let me know if you really really struggle and i'll see if i can help you guys out there i think it's going to be a great season we've got some great returnee uh people coming back and maki and myself potentially the likes of michelle who i do the amazing race with on some of the episodes and then also kahuna who i've done the challenge australia all of us will be at some stage coming back to talk about the season and do a draft pick that should drop within the next week or two keep an eye on the channel as i post it up uh should be fun and exciting to see how we go and see if i can redeem myself because i got badly beaten by jake in this last <laughs> uh, <laughs> fantasy league that we did but for now guys thank you so much all the best for 2023 thank you for joining and uh catch you guys next time bye bye